another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and man, the NFL season has officially closed. We opened draft season last week, Colin, and Super Bowl last night finished. Chiefs, world champions of the world. What did you think of the game? It was. I, I thought it was an incredible game. I thought uh, Jalen Hurts proved a lot of people wrong. There was there was a lot of people saying he couldn't do X, he couldn't do Y. Came out on the biggest stage and put his nuts on the table. Uh, I think the the uh, Mahomes led Chiefs offense, honestly, a little underwhelming. But the the defense with Nick Bolton, special teams, Kadarius Tony. And then a few of those, I mean, just people being wide open. And then Mahomes gritting it out at the end of the game with the ankle injury, getting that run to seal it, and then, you know, vaulting himself up the career ladder. Of apparently the greatest quarterback of all time now. Yeah, right. The narratives, man. I remember when when the Packers won in 2010 and Rodgers got his first one and there was already the conversations like where does Rogers land all time? <laughs> like, I feel like we have to do this now every year. If a great quarterback wins a super bowl, it's just, we're already going to talk about the big picture here. Uh, but man, that, that performance from Pat, I think it's, we'll talk about the call. I want to talk about it here because it was a big thing, but it gets lost with that happening that like Mahomes that that's that run up the middle on the bum ankle like this guy is just high out of his mind on painkillers and he's running past Philly defenders to set them up to eventually kick the game-winning field goal I mean that was one of the greatest that that's got to be one of the top Super Bowl moments ever I mean the guy is is on one leg and he's running running for a you know game-winning play yeah, he has he has two moments now where he has that and he has the one in the San Francisco Super Bowl where he throws the fade away yeah. to Tyreek Hill and it's like yeah, he's he's just otherworldly. All right. Well, before we get into what we came here to do today, I want to talk to you about this call because it's the talk of the town and I honestly just want to I just want to hear what you have to say about it cuz I've I've done a lot of reflecting since last night. And so what what do you think? First of all, twenty four hours have passed. About where where are you at with that? Yeah, it was disappointing to see like such a entertaining like one of the all time kind of Super Bowls where they're going back and forth and both of the offenses are cooking with grease, and then it comes down to a penalty giving uh, Mahomes and company the first down, and then they can run out the clock. But I mean, unfortunately, is it was the right call. Like you, you watch it. I watched it probably 10 times today just to, and, and Bradbury is beat on the route. And the only reason he recovers is because he grabs Juju's like Jersey. So he, it directly helps him. Uh, it doesn't matter that the ball is overthrown. Holding calls are automatic first down five yards, regardless of anything else. It can be totally away from the play and still be called. So I've seen a lot of that, that, that doesn't, mean anything in this context so it's unfortunate that it happened but I mean Bradbury admitted it that he did it and he did it on purpose he'd been doing it a lot the game all game and uh, unfortunately he just got called for it this time yeah man initially 
you see the replay, and I thought they were calling the left hand mm. on the waist, like like they were calling it a turn, like he yeah. turned him. But then when you see that the right hand gripping the jersey, I mean, it it is it is what it is. I mean, the argument is well, they didn't call a single defensive holding all game until the biggest moment of the game. But you know, I don't know. It's it's a hard position to be in, I think, for the side judge because. Like you said, regardless of the pass, regardless of you know it being an, an uncatchable ball, the side judge is just watching the play. I mean that if that ball is anywhere near Juju and that prevents the, the the play from happening, then we're talking about a completely different situation here. So yeah, if they go no call and the the Chiefs miss a field goal because they're too far out. Imagine how Kansas City fans feel about that play when you you can see Bradbury has a handful of jersey right. in in one of the one of the shots. So I I just feel like you can't have it both ways. Exactly. So a lot of a lot of anger in the end of that, but like you said, man, it was an incredible Super Bowl. It was it was one of the best Super Bowls that I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, there's been some real duds over the last few years, but that that this was a this was an amazing one. Jalen Hurts, man, proving me wrong time and time again, uh, becoming one of the easily one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, and I mean this this solidified that this performance. And then A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard as, like, one of the best receiving trios in the league. It's – I mean, they – Devontae Smith almost had, like, two game-breaking catches. He had the one where he was wide open, and then he had the other one that was, like, reminiscent of the 49ers game where, oh, did he come down with it? Was it clean? And it actually got challenged and overturned. But, yeah, it just seems like this, this offense is – almost unstoppable with the amount of weapons they have and then the talent on the O line. I mean, man, a lot of props to the Eagles for the season that they've had. Definitely. Well, that's another NFL season in the books, but luckily for us, Colin, we said last week it's draft season now. So the excitement doesn't go away for us. We are just getting into the thick of it, put this season behind us, but we're moving in now to a fun little one. We talked about this last week. Love is in the air at Camp Dynasty. By the time this is hitting your ears, it will be Valentine's Day. And in order to celebrate, we thought we'd play matchmaker with some of the top names in this class. Dating show style. We are going to run down our top 10 players in the class, I think. And we are going to identify their suitors, the teams that are courting them, trying to win their affection and love. And then we are going to select their ideal match, the team that makes would make fantasy owners everywhere salivate and, and dream of drafting them in the summer it's a combination, Colin, of fit, team fit, and possibly draft position. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not coming here to tell you that you know, uh, I don't know uh, who's picking fifth. The Lions or something are gonna take Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to try to find a a, a good fit on both sides. Unfortunately, that is what I'm here to do. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you exactly who I want to go where, regardless of context. 
there you go. Well, okay. It's love is not. There's no universal. There's no boundaries here. to love. Right. <laughs> exactly. See now that's you're always on it, man. You're always <laughs> on it. I'm just trailing behind always. So, all right. So let's get started. In order to decide who we're going to match up first, I am going to spin the wheel of love. So we are going to we're going to do our first spin here. Who's up first? Getting matched up. Oh my god, it's playing sounds. It's playing sounds. Quentin Johnston is the is the <laughs> first winner of the wheel of love. So, all right. I have Quentin Johnston. I'm playing matchmaker for Quentin. So I got four suitors. Four suitors for Quentin Johnston. The Houston Texans, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are the four suitors that I have for Quentin Johnston. All very interested in adding a wide receiver, adding a large, speedy, freak wide receiver, possibly later in the first round Colin and my ideal match for Quentin Johnson is the Los Angeles Chargers because we heard their new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore coming over from Dallas entering the fold in LA paired up with Justin Herbert what did he say he said we need to add speed we got the ball winner in Mike Williams we have the technician in Keenan Allen we need to add somebody who can take the top off a little bit. And for me, why not Quentin Johnston, a player that might get compared to Mike Williams, but a player that does not play like Mike Williams in many senses of the word. This is a guy who can take the top off for you, that can work over the middle uh, and get yards after the catch, uh, and a, a new weapon for Justin Herbert in L.A. I mean, Quentin Johnston with the chargers is really a match made in heaven. You saw that offense not really working vertically at all. And if you're not utilizing the howitzer that Justin Herbert has on his right shoulder, you're really doing them a disservice. And now that Joe Lombardi's gone with that very, I mean, shallow offense, you can look at the depth of target of Justin Herbert last year. And it's, pretty gross given the arm talent and the processing speed that Herbert has I mean Johnson stretching that field for them working alongside Mike Williams and potentially there's word on the street that Keenan Allen could be a cut candidate so then he would be working uh, as the wide receiver two in that offense and as the speed threat in that offense so uh, out of these suitors that you had the Chargers, the Texans, the Ravens, and the Jags. I think this is the perfect match. We found love. Quentin <laughs> Johnston, L.A., baby. Let's go. All right. We are on a roll. We are, we are batting 100% right now in making some love connections here. Let's spin the wheel of love and find out who's next. Next up, Jordan Addison. Wow. And I am I am tasked with finding Addison a match again. Colin, you're going to get into this thing eventually, man. I swear that, to God, but It's okay. The 
So Jordan Addison, which we learned uh, last week, is actually my favorite player in the draft, and Colin <laughs> hates him now. So I was tasked with finding some ideal matches for Jordan and what and suitors for Jordan Addison. We have, again, the Houston Texans. They need a receiver, man. Uh, New England Patriots. L.A. Chargers and the New York Giants. Those are my suitors for Jordan Addison. We already have a love connection with LA and Quentin Johnson. So they're, they're mingle, you know, they're not worried about Jordan. Uh, this is not a polygamy situation here. And I chose the Houston Texans as the ideal match for Jordan Addison. Why? Because we're going to assume that Houston has drafted its quarterback of the future. Maybe that's Bryce Young. Maybe that's CJ Stroud. God forbid it's Will Levis. It's going to be one of those players, and let's pair let's pair them with their new number one target. Houston desperately needs a dude in the wide receiver room. Jordan Addison can be that player for them. Get your quarterback, get your wide receiver one, ideal match. What do you think, Colin? Man, this one's tough. Uh, you know... Houston, the Patriots, the Giants, and the Chargers are our suitors. Uh, I, I I don't think you can go wrong with any of the teams. It's hard to envision a, a good future for Houston since it's been so putrid the last few years. But Addison going forward, building a connection with whatever quarterback they take at two, uh, could be a beautiful, blossoming love at first sight. But, uh, I mean, man, I, I just feel like the Giants would be a really nice fit for Addison. They, they have almost nobody in that room. They have a very, they have a very limited vertical threat in that offense. I mean, it's Dan Jones running the read option with Saquon, and then it's like Isaiah Hodgins and Kenny Galladay with maybe a half a hamstring left. I mean, I, I would like to see him kind of work in that timing game with Dan Jones, but uh, building in Houston, they're doing a lot of things right with this new kind of regime, so I, I could definitely see that working out too. But I think I would go Giants for my perfect match. There it is. You know, love's not always perfect, and – Houston gets spurned and Addison's running away with Dan Jones and the Giants. All right, let's spin the wheel of love again. Jameer Gibbs. Let's find a match for Jameer Gibbs, baby. Colin, I think you're up. It's time to find a match. Finally. Finally, I'm up. So, I have three suitors for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, first of all, down beautiful South Beach, Miami. Uh, they're lacking the run game down there. Raheem Mostert's free agent. They got basically nobody else. Uh, you got beautiful Arizona. You know, they just played the Super Bowl there. Uh it would be really nice to have a dynamic running back 
back in that backfield with Kyler Murray. James Conner, he's he's limited. He's not as explosive. He's not fun. He's not exciting. You know, you need to get that team down in Arizona an exciting back like Jameer Gibbs. Then I got Minnesota. There's some questions in the backfield of Minnesota. There's there's a Dalvin Cook could be a cut candidate. Uh, we, we've got Alexander Madison. Either way, both of them are nearing the end of their contract, and Jameer Gibbs could walk into that backfield and end up taking over. Uh, and my perfect match for Jameer Gibbs is the Minnesota Vikings. So for Minnesota, I think they have a beautiful offense. I think they have a great mind with Kevin O'Connell. I think they need a little bit of the explosiveness back on the ground that Dalvin could give them once upon a time, but seems like he's lacking those those bursty plays. Somebody that can help Kirk out of the backfield on those checkdowns. I mean, I feel like Gibbs in this offense is a match made in heaven. Man, this is the first running back that's up for matchmaking, and I think it's going to be a theme when we talk about some of these guys of what the ideal fits are. And I, I, I love the fit for Gibbs in Minnesota. I do. Oh, man, is it the perfect fit, though? Is it a match made in heaven? I think it is. I think oh, it is. I love that. I think it is because, I mean, Kevin O'Connell, you get a little bit of that McVay tree. You're going to get a running back that's, you know, running zone, which is ideal for Jameer Gibbs, obviously. And he's going to get involved out of the backfield in the passing game like Dalvin Cook before him. I think this would be really, really nice for Minnesota. And, man, this is a <laughs> this is a team that, I don't think I don't know if they would go running back there, but it makes a lot of sense, and they might even have another guy that they could choose from uh, running back variety who might be on the board at twenty four. That would be ripe for the taking. But I like the fit a lot for Gibbs. Match made in heaven, baby. Yeah. So the end of the first round. I, I don't know how many running backs we're gonna see go in the first. But the the end of the first round, the Vikings probably should go defense, given how, how they look this year. But, I mean, if you want to just load up and try to outscore people, I can't blame you. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's spin the wheel of love again and see. Let's see if we can get another running back. This is These are going to be some fun conversations, I think, with the running backs. And speak of the devil. It's Bijan Robinson, Mr. 101, the prize of the speed dating session. There are many, many, many suitors for Bijan, but Bijan can't, he's, he's got to, he's got to tell some people to get away. I can only have so many suitors at one time. So my suitors for Bijan Robinson, the Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, these are teams that we just talked about the Vikings. That that was a team that really you don't you're not hearing anything. And and like you said, they probably go defense in the first, but 
they don't have a running back if they cut Dalvin Cook and let Madison walk. The other three teams have already been like linked to Bijan through mock drafts. And we talked about the Philly thing being sort of a farce because we don't expect them to actually take Bijan, but what if they did? Cowboys, Jerry Jones can't resist himself. I mean, <laughs> he's going to make a play for Bijan. We were doing a little mock draft exercise on the uh, on the PFF simulator the other day, and uh, the Cowboys were trying to trade up like every other pick after 12. And I'm like, <laughs> this is Jerry trying to get Bijan. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of cop out here a little bit, but my perfect match for Bijan is the Buffalo Bills. I went back and forth on this one, but it's it's a perfect blend of they just put Bijan on this team, man. They this team can't get over the hump. Josh Allen, being what he is, it has not proven to be enough to win when it matters to win in the postseason to get to the super bowl they draft james cook in the second last year late second very end of the second round plug Bijan in man take the offense to a new level have a seriously threatening run game that will open up even more for josh allen and the passing game i mean they this roster is not you know there's certainly other areas they can go but it's the perfect fit for Bijan. Yeah, the the Bills should probably go O line here because like three of their O linemen were some of the worst graded O like starting O linemen in football. But it'd be real fun to see number five <laughs> in the backfield of Josh Allen. I tell you what, hold on, hold on a sec before you even tell me if this is the perfect fit. Can we just talk about how hard, I mean, for, for a guy like Bijan, who has all these suitors, everybody wants a taste, how hard it is to really find a good spot for him in a draft, if you're doing a mock draft, because you could mock him to Atlanta at eight, and I'd be like, that's a great pick, awesome pick by the Falcons. I wouldn't hate that at all, but you're not, you don't see that, because all those teams from eight to 20 it's like, well, they could, they should really take this. They should really take this position. Or this guy's on the board. Let's take him. I don't know if that's going to happen on draft day when you talk about a player who's probably a top five talent in the class based off of just pure ability and talent. But it's been weird. It's been weird that people just can't seem to pick where Bijan goes, and it always ends up in this little cluster in the at the end of the first. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you sit and you do these mock drafts and you're like, yeah, people don't take running back in the first. You know, we're not looking to take running back in the first. The value isn't there. This, that, and the other thing. And I I think you just got to look at it as this guy's going to touch the ball 25 times in the game. Who like who else outside of quarterback? is going to influence down-to-down, down, other than quarterback and O-line, down-to-down performance more than our running back. And that's, I think, when you see like people start to talk themselves into running back, and I think you'll start to see Bijan get mocked a little higher and higher as we get closer to draft day. Uh, if the Bills can get him, I think it's a perfect match. 
I love that. I love it. Matchmaking. Let's spin the wheel of love and find out who's next. I think we're three for four. We're doing pretty great. Yeah, I th- I I just vetoed your uh, your Addison. <laughs> yeah, Addison got. Oh man, the the Texans got spurned. They have they have endured enough, Colin. I don't know why we had to do that to them. But next up, the Wheel of Love has chosen another running back, Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. You want to pick a match for Zach? So I have four suitors for Charbonnet. I have the Bills, who are taken. I have the Dolphins back on this list. I have Cincinnati, who have a interesting running situation that I'll talk about in a minute. And I have the Rams, who I don't know if they have any picks. So this is where it's just like fantasy they, land. They have 37. So Okay, there we go. That that seems like Charbonnet range. It does. All right, so Dolphins, again, barren running back room. They just need a guy to, like, touch the ball in the backfield. It, I don't think it – they just need to have a pulse at this point. And Charbonnet has a lot more than that. Uh, Cincinnati, Joe Mixon has a very high cap hit. He was basically schemed out of their playoff game. Hardly touched the ball. Almost Miles Sanders-like in the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Like, Sanders hardly touched the ball. Sanders is an upcoming free agent. Uh, Joe Mixon is not, but Joe Mixon has a $12.7 million cap hit, and he has some off-field stuff going on too. So they could have an opening in their running back room. Um, And for that reason, I... And matching Charbonnet up with Cincinnati. Man, I, I'll tell you something. Thinking about running backs today, thinking about some, some suitors for these running backs, Cincinnati was coming up. And I looked into the Joe Mixon contract situation as well. If they were to cut him this year, his dead cap number is 5.5 mil. If they were to hold him this year and cut him next year, I think they might actually have an option on him next year where they they could probably just get rid of him as it is. But his dead cap in 2024 is only 2.7 mil. It's, it's they're they're at the point where they can get out of this thing a yeah. little bit if they want to. And man, it's just <laughs> the Charbonnet fit. I I like that a lot because. I mean, we talked about Charbonnet kind of making some tentative comparisons a little bit to Nick Chubb, who's currently playing in the great state of Ohio for the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals are playing in the AFC North. This is hard nose. This is rugged football. This is, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers. Who fits the bill perfectly than Zach Charbonnet running downhill against these defenses and making life miserable for these teams and opening things up even more for this electric Joe Burrow-led Cincinnati passing attack. So of all the teams that you said, 
obviously some good fits there. One taken already in the running back department. I'm going to go ahead and call this a perfect match. I like this a lot. Thank you. I, I think it could be a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Zach Charbonnet. I mean, getting extending running backs always seems like a bad idea because it feels like they're cooked by the end of their contracts. And Joe Mixon might be cooked. So it'd be nice to get some fresh legs back there with that really fun offense, get a rookie deal on the books instead of that extra $7 million that they could save by getting rid of Mixon. And then maybe you can pay T. Higgins too. Boom. Look at you. Look at you figuring it out. Trade down from 29. Add a little bit of something, something. Pick Charbonnet at the top of the second. Boom. All right. Let's spin this thing. See who's next on the wheel of love. We're back to receiver. It's Josh Downs. And Colin, I think you're up again to find a perfect match for Josh Downs. You're right. So uh, Josh Downs... I was looking at teams that could use a physical slot receiver that could make contested catch. It's hard to narrow that list down. Um, but I, I made it down to three suitors. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I have the New England Patriots. And I have the Arizona Cardinals. So Kansas City, I mean, we just saw them win the Super Bowl. Uh, but if – I mean, you notice the the wide receiver room isn't super impressive. They do have Juju, which is a similar player to Downs. If you really think about it, it's that slot player. He's physical. He can get a little dirty. Make a but I think Downs, you know, a couple contested catches here and there. It'd be nice to throw it up to him out of the slot. Uh, I got New England, who is likely losing Jacoby Myers, who is their number one receiver. Then they got you know the tight ends, Janu Hunter Henry. They got. Uh, Devontae Parker over there, uh, just a bunch of like tier two guys probably. Downs could walk in, be a nice target for Mac Jones. And then I got the Arizona Cardinals, who I'm just dying to make their offense more dynamic because they're, I mean, man, it's just tough to watch that team sometimes. And without Kyler for probably the first half of the season, it's going to be a lot of gross football. I got the perfect match. With Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the New England Patriots. Man, I was this was gonna be the one. I was like, if you're gonna tell me the Chiefs, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to send him over to New England. This guy is a Patriot. I love that fit a lot. And I think, yeah. you know, with New England picking at forty seven, I mean, they could feasibly, you know, take edge secondary something on the defense at 14 come back and grab a wide receiver at 47 i don't know really what to expect with josh downs i mean this could be a end of the first player it could be a you know mid second player and 47 they're right there i like the fit a lot i think mac jones and josh downs would work really well together uh down sort of just being that what he was at north carolina just that slot guy, reliable, over the middle, scheme him touches, get him involved, and then throw it up every once in a while, score some touchdowns. So I like that fit a lot. I like that a lot. New England needs to add a receiver, no doubt. Jacoby Myers is gone this year. He will be he'll be getting the big bucks in free agency. And after that, they don't have anything. So you will see them taking a wide receiver early 
and I love the fit. Perfect match, Josh Downs. Beautiful. We are in sync so God. far. Maybe we we're a perfect just, match. <laughs> this is, <laughs> oh, this is special chemistry right here. All right, let's see if we can keep the momentum going. We are getting down there on the wheel of love. There are only a few names left, including some tight ends. Colin, can we get a tight end on the wheel of love? No, we cannot. We're going back to running back, and it's our last running back on the wheel of love. This is Zach Evans. So I have Zach Evans, and Zach's a, he's an interesting player. There's suitors here for Evans. They're interested. They were they were talking to Bijan. They were talking to Gibbs. They were talking to Charbonnet. But all those guys are taken, and the suitors have traveled to Zach Evans' neck of the woods here. My suitors for Evans, some familiar names. I have the Atlanta Falcons, the Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals. All teams that could use a running back to varying degrees. And I went with the Miami Dolphins for Zach Evans. I think this is a really nice fit in Mike McDaniel's scheme. There is a running back, man. There's a running back that isn't on the wheel of love that we're not going to talk about that I think is just a slam dunk pick in this Mike McDaniel offense. But he's not here. He's not on the floor. And so the Dolphins have traveled to Zach Evans' neck of the woods and said, hey, man, we know you can get outside. We know you got a little bit of vision. We might have to help a little bit to, to get you into the right spots, but you have the athleticism to take advantage of this wide zone scheme and hit these holes with power and speed. So we're going to bring you over, and we are going to stop relying on Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert and Salvin Ahmed, and we're going to get a real talent, a real running back of the future in this room uh, to accentuate the scheme and to help two out a little bit. Zach Evans, Miami. What do you think? Is the running back talking about Devon A chain? It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, that is a be... perfect fit, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, is, the Dolphins need a running back so bad. I, I said it before. I was like, they, they just need somebody that can breathe and hit a hole and break a tackle. Cause right now, I mean, you watch the husk of Raheem Mostert running the ball. He can't break a tackle. You look at Jeff Wilson, and, I mean, there's not a lot of juice there. Uh, seeing some Zach Evans highlights alongside of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and the crew, uh, that would be pretty special. I, I think it would be nice. And I, I don't think they have somebody that could be this effective around the goal line. You see him – throwing a lot doing a lot of the motion a lot of the gimmicks i think having somebody that can just you know smash your face in would be real nice to have around the goal line i think this is a perfect match let's go man i just i hope they take a running back honestly me too i they that forfeited pick yep. because they needed to have tom brady is gonna bite them in the ass because they were in the perfect spot to be that in the Bijan hunt. Gosh. That was Bijan right there. The good news is they have 52 in the second, and then they have two-thirds 
They have New England's third, 78, and then they have their third, which is 85. So I don't know. So they're going to I don't really Devontae know what change. to think. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't know what to think about, you know, where these running backs end up going, Zach Evans, A-chain, things like that. I mean, 52 feels like a good spot for either of those players. I would not hate that. I mean, sure, again, you could say this about any team. Like, oh, well, you could take this instead of running back, but – at 52, man, slam it. Mike McDaniel, get him a real star in the room. I like it. All right, let's spin it again. I think we have three names left. We got a big name left, and then we got some tight ends. And speak of the devil, we're going to hit our first tight end with Michael Mayer. So if you remember... From the tight ends episode, this was not Camp Dynasty's number one tight end, but Michael Mayer, really, really good player. I have four suitors for Michael Mayer, all of which would be selecting him, obviously, in the first round. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Green Bay Packers, and the Detroit Lions. Varying levels of do we need this? Do we want this? And I have my thoughts on some of the suitors. I saw them walking up towards Mike and I was like, just you know, back up, back up. You don't need to, don't flirt with this. This is bad for you. But one suitor came up and I thought this is a perfect match. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars because the Doug peterson scheme tight end friendly this is the andy reed coaching tree he's coming from philly dallas goddard obviously we saw what he did last night in the super bowl exceptionally talented player evan ingram has a career year in jacksonville this year in the doug peterson offense so evan ingram free agent we don't know if he'll be back in jacksonville but why not just grab one of the star tight ends of the draft in Michael Mayer, a player who, despite some of the things that we you know, said about him, he's not the best athlete. He's certainly not an Evan Ingram style of tight end. But what he is is a guy that will catch pretty much anything that comes his way. And that's something that this Jags team could use, a team that had a lot of drops last year, a team that had problems in the red zone last year. Those two areas, Michael Mayer will immediately help to clean up and be that over-the-middle target for Trevor Lawrence when he needs uh, a bit of a backup plan and he can throw it up to Mike Mayer and, and expect that he's going to come down with it no matter what. So that was my perfect match for Michael Mayer. This is a perfect match. <laughs> it go. is. I like uh, the – I have no no way to. I was really hoping you weren't going to say any of the other play, any of the other teams. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I was thinking I was like uh, Tampa, iffy, Detroit, maybe they're they're second place. Packers, please God, I'll commit self harm if that happens. And Man, then... that's what I'm saying. Like these were, <laughs> I picked these teams because you see Michael Mayer mocked these teams quite a bit. All four of these teams I've seen get Mayer. And I don't love it for any of these other teams. I mean, especially Tampa with Tom Brady being gone now. I mean, that's let's not take a tight end. That's not what we need to do. Packers, 
uh, I'm not, I'm not sold on that. And then the lions, I mean, they were playing with Brandon Shane, Brock, right. Brock, right. And Shane Zilstra or whatever, whatever the Zilstra brother they have is. I mean, they were making that work. So they trade TJ Hawkinson. I mean, why take another guy in the first? So I think this is a really, really nice fit. I mean, you're going to see wide receiver mock to, to Jacksonville, but honestly, I just don't, don't re-sign Evan Ingram. I know it's a good fit there. I know he had a great year. He fits well in the locker room, but save a little bit of, of money there. Get the five years of Michael Mayer and call it a win. Yeah. You, you had traded for Ridley. You have Christian Kirk on a big deal. You have Zay Jones on a big deal. You can let Ingram walk and then get a dynamic weapon in Michael Mayer as your, you know, third target. And I think you can feel great about that. Boom. Michael Mayer. Perfect match. Everybody is the love in this room is, is suffocating. Honestly, it's I'm intoxicating. It's, I'm intoxicated by this. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. Two names left on the wheel of love. And we're going back to back tight end, baby. How about dynasty tight end number one, according to camp dynasty, that is Dalton Kincaid. Rookie tight end one. Sorry, yes. (laughs) Rookie dynasty tight end one. Oh man! Let's not I get just, ahead of ourselves. No, I just I'm I, Love's now in here. I'm thinking about the uh, the thread I just read on our Dynasty FF about who's the Dynasty tight end one, and if you're looking for a laugh, go check that one out. Like you said, you're drunk in love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Will yes. Shout out? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Dalton Kincaid. I have four suitors for Kincaid. I have the New York Jets. I have the Detroit Lions, I have the Washington Commanders, and I have the Houston Texans. Uh, I mean, all these teams don't have a, a dynamic tight end. All of them need help in their receive. Well, the Jets don't really need help in their receiving room, but it wouldn't hurt to have another guy on top of you know their talented players over there. Uh, and I think Kincaid could fall to the second round, which is why my perfect match for Dalton Kincaid is the Houston Texans. They go quarterback with their first pick, or they go edge rusher with their first pick, quarterback with their second pick, and then they can wait and take their weapon in the second round, get their quarterback, a quarterback's best friend in a elite tight end that dominates between the numbers. I mean, I feel like this is somebody that can really bail you out in short passing situations, can break a few tackles. They can stretch the field. Kincaid can stretch the field. He can uh, beat a linebacker, beat a safety. Uh, He's our rookie tight end one for a reason. Yeah, personally, I think he lasts. I think he'll be on the board at 34. I mean, you're starting to see some kind of insane stuff around this name, uh, potentially getting drafted way higher than anybody was anticipating. But yeah. I think right now it would be a decent bet. And, man, Jordan Addison, 
Houston, they wanted him. Well, he he ran off with the with the Giants, so they still are looking for their perfect match to go along with the QB of the future. And man, I think this would be a really nice, really nice fit for them. I mean, Kincaid fills that sort of you know hybrid receiver tight end role where you're going to get him very very involved uh, in this offense, and especially given you know, what's sort of around him in terms of the wide receivers. So, uh, and that's, you know, expecting Brandon Cooks to be gone. You're talking about Nico Collins, John Mechie still in the fold. Obviously, we'll see what he can bring to that team. But, um, yeah, I think of the teams that you said, I think this is the perfect match for Dalton Kincaid. Do you have a better match for him? You said of the teams I said. I, I feel like there's a little bit of animosity pent up in that statement. <laughs> I mean, I don't – not really, I guess. I mean, I'm just sort of like wondering uh, – If he goes higher, if he goes like right. Giants. But and Bellinger's think, pretty good. I think the Giants are fine with, with what Dallas, they got. if they let Schultz walk, I mean – Cincinnati's yeah, see, that's good. The thing. Bills are maybe the Saints, but Saints have so many more holes they need to fill. Right. The I Eagles, mean, the, they've got it, her. It's a similar conversation to running back in a lot of ways, where it's like you can look at a lot of these teams in the le- in the second half of the first round and say, like, well, I mean, they they could use a tight end, I guess, but let's go with this instead, you know, like, right. And at some point it's like, you're going to just draft the best player on the board. And Kincaid might be that in, in some of these cases, but looking at it in a vacuum right now, just looking at the list, I think 34 is a, that's a nice spot for him. I think that's good. And that means, yeah, that means there's only one name left. I don't even got to spin the wheel of love. I called Bijan the prize of the session. He is running off with the Buffalo Bills. They are immediately eloping. They're they're putting the ring on it. They're not letting anybody get near Bijan. But in terms of the wide receivers, man, the prize. We, the prize is still here. That is Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. And Colin... We've talked about three wide receivers. We've gone through some of the wide receiver needy teams. Talk to me about who is walking out of here with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay. So my suitors for Jackson, I I have a quick question about our rules here because we don't want polygamy. You know, you said that before, but this is a whole different person. This is, you know, that. If, if a team has a running back, we're not sending them home with wide receiver two, right? Let's see? <laughs> Can we send a team home with a okay, threesome? Just tell me, tell me your suitors. Just tell All me right. the suitors. Let's start with Because I have a replacement suitor. If so Anyway, so I have for Jackson Smith and Jigba, we have the Green Bay Packers. We have the Arizona Cardinals. We have the Dallas Cowboys, and we have the Minnesota Vikings. So the Minnesota question is there because Minnesota is going home with Jameer Gibbs already. Yeah. I can I can put in a replacement. It's okay. I wouldn't pick Minnesota as a perfect match out of that group I, anyway. I, I I wouldn't either. I'll put out okay. 
an additional I'll I'll substitute Minnesota be happy you got your your bell of the ball you're you're getting replaced by the Tennessee Titans Ooh. okay, okay. so they're not my perfect match either but just for the sake of conversation they need guys <laughs> on that offense that are good at football outside of what they already have so uh I mean my perfect match is the Packers <laughs> I'm sorry I I know it won't happen but they're right at the correct spot in the draft order they need wide receiver talent outside of Christian Watson I mean Lazard is walking and Lazard wasn't even that good but he is our second best wide receiver uh I, I don't even know if Rogers is going to be here, but it would be great to have Jordan Love have like a real weapon coming out of the slot. Uh, having Watson, JSN, and Dobbs with Bob Tunyon and then Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon would be a nice skeleton of an offense to plop a brand new quarterback into. Man, this is uh, this is not a mock draft. This is not what we think will happen. This is perfect fits. Perfect and fits. Perfect match. For and Rodgers is Smith and on, on contract next year, so you can even say Rodgers is going to be here <laughs> yeah. if you want to be uh, annoying about it because we know that's not going to happen. The fact of the matter is that this is the perfect match for Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba, and that's why it hurts so much more. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean – you're going to have a situation where, I mean, this won't be, you know, you will see mock drafts that have the Packers taking JSN because we do this every year, but they're not going to take him. And it's not just because they don't take wide receivers in the first. It's because they, they don't take small wide receivers early at all. So they have a type, even though this is the perfect fit, the perfect match, a match made in heaven, no matter who's under center next year for the Green Bay Packers. This is the perfect match to pair with Christian Watson. You have two elite playmakers. I mean, why can't we have good things? A mat, like the speed of Watson, the versatility of Watson with the technical mastery of JSN, it just feels like it's too good to be true. And it is. It is too good to be true, which is why he's our perfect match, even though we'll have our hearts broken on draft night. And this is a perfect way to end our matchmaking session because often these these love stories are too good to be true. This is this Hap- we can happily dream. ever after doesn't happen in real life. We get the Taylor Swift song about the love story, but what is it? It's all just a big fairy tale, and that's me mocking JSN to the Packers from now until April. So. Oh, man, that's uh, way to end it on a positive note here at the Love Connections. We're making matches left and right. Everybody's going home happy. Everybody's in love. Even Jordan Addison and the Giants are are doing good. The Texans are okay because they got their guy. But we're going to just end it on that note, man. Jordan, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, man, that is that is unbelievable. I I. If it were to happen, my, I mean, my dreams would have come true. <laughs> I'd buy a jersey the day <laughs> that it happened. Yeah, same. Uh, but we we know that they don't draft, you know, anybody that runs below a 4-3-8. Uh, 
they don't draft or above a four three eight. They don't draft anybody below six foot three, uh, at least highly. I mean, so it, JSN might as well be off the board for us. But you take Amari Rogers in the third, so I mean that's right. fine. That's same totally player, fine. Yeah. Well, sad. Love connections, baby. Love was in the air at Camp Dynasty, and all Somebody of our the window. Yeah, the, the windows the have opened. Out of the air. Everybody's cleared out. We got heart-shaped boxes of chocolate strewn amongst the floor. We got to pick this shit up and get out of here for another year. Uh, but that was fun. It was fun. It, we're we're like I said last week. We're getting into more of the bigger picture stuff here. Looking at we followed these campers, man, all the way through. We've been watching them through the season. We're getting into the actual draft season part of the program now. We're going to look more and more at the teams, who fits where, what do we want to see, what do we expect to see, that sort of thing. So this was sort of the first step there, looking at some of the best fits, the ideal fits, where when we get to the draft in June, July, Dynasty draft season, uh, what which landing spots are going to make our eyes light up a little bit. So this was a little bit of a precursor to that, and despite the, you know, the – the dream breaking ending that we had, it was still a lot of fun. So, uh, next week, Colin, next week, the NFL season is over. We've talked about it. We, we got their rankings 2.0. We're taking a look at some landing spots. Let's, let's take a, let's take a step back here. Let's give ourselves a little bit of a break. The chiefs are celebrating the NFL world is calm for just a second. So let's go back in time next week and redraft the 2022 class because it was a special, special group, special group of players. And I'm excited to see how it might have changed one year from the time that it happened. Yeah, find out how long it takes me to – have Traylon Burks be the wide receiver one of the class <laughs> and have him see how long it takes to make him the wide receiver eight. So see, that's, what's fun too, is <laughs> we didn't, there was no camp dynasty for 2022. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to, I finally... was low on, yeah, I was low on right. Burks. Yeah. <laughs> Just cover up all of your misses. Be like, yeah, I totally knew this was going to happen. Yeah. How high no. is Brees Hall going to go in this redraft is the real question. Is there a pick above 101? <laughs> pick zero? Like yeah. Bijan? Yes. We'll talk all about it next week. And I will not cover up my misses. I will be very honest about what has happened with this class and where we're at now. So I'm excited for that. That'll be next week. And then from there, man, it's we're, Combine is coming up real quick. Two weeks away from the NFL Combine. So... The, the invite list is out. Go check that out if you're interested in finding out who is going to be there. The, I mean, it's a loaded list, of course, this year with a lot of names in this class. So excited for that. But uh, before we get to all of that, stay dialed in at Camp Dynasty. We will be here every single week to talk all about it. Like I said, we're going to get into some really fun stuff here. We're going to continue to follow our campers. We'll also sort of dialing into the NFL draft and all of the buzz that's going on there. So stay plugged in here every single week. Follow us on Twitter at camp 
underscore dynasty. Get in touch with us there as well. Let us know what you liked and more importantly, what you hated about the show. Uh, tell us how we can get better. Tell us what you want to see. Uh, follow us on TikTok at camp.dynasty for some fun content with some really, really nice graphics. The graphic department is just, they all deserve a raise. And by that, I mean the one person who is a co-host here. That, that's not me. Any, any dollars. <laughs> one dollar would be a raise. Right. So uh, follow along there. And yeah, a lot of fun this week. Colin, it was a pleasure as always. So hey, you're my perfect match, Austin. It, you, we, you are my perfect match. So that the, we're back to a happy ending here. Yes, we're back to a happy ending. So I sobered up from the love intoxication. Yes, and now I'm back, drunk in love. Amazing. This is an amazing story. All right. Well, thank you all for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and we will see you next week.